Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I'm Jenna Ellis, and welcome to Just the Truth Podcast, sponsored by the Thomas More Society, which is a not-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. You can find them at thomasmoresociety.org. Election integrity is the most important issue facing our constitutional republic. President Trump issued a statement today saying this. Quote, the fraudulent presidential election of 2020 will be, from this day forth, known as the big lie. Immediately, the leftists, and I'm including Liz Cheney in that, jumped on social media to respond and demand that President Trump not commandeer the term the big lie. Their outrage is hilarious, though, since isn't that exactly what the left does all the time? They label things as they want them to be, not as they actually are. And then they try to intimidate and silence any dissenters against their own manipulated language. For Trump to call what actually happened in the administration of the, of the 2020 election and the media's subsequent cover-up, the big lie, is actually accurate. The left says the big lie when what conservatives mean is the big steal, and we have the facts to back this up. The truth is that there was widespread irregularity and lawlessness that compromised the integrity of the presidential election process in 2020. Manipulation is the same way the left perverts other facts and twists the truth. Like saying conservatives are for voter suppression when we mean voter security. They say voter restrictions and we mean reasonable safeguards and to make sure illegal votes don't corrupt the system. Do you see the difference here? We have to stand up for the truth, including protecting the integrity of the terms and the meaning of words. But the left has to commandeer the linguistic terms to their advantage because they can never win on the merits. They don't want to fact find. They don't want to debate. They don't want to have a fair hearing. They don't want to be reasonable. They just want to shut you up. And the only way the leftists know how to win is to cheat, refuse accountability, and then silence their opposition. So you have to ask yourself this question. Why do Democrats and anti-Trumpists not want transparency and accountability? Why doesn't the media? A free and fair system requires both. In fact, the job of the press is to promote and provide transparency and accountability. We can't have a legitimate government actually run by the people if our elections are corrupted and the winner is rigged. It is as simple as that. And I get why the Democrats don't want to admit this. They're the ones ignoring the law. But why aren't Republicans more concerned? Why isn't the media? Every single freedom-loving American should be on the same side of free and fair elections. But for the party that is supposedly the champion of conservative values, why aren't they? Representative Liz Cheney tweeted this today in response to Trump's statement. Quote, the 2020 presidential election was not stolen. Anyone who claims it is, is spreading, it claims it was, is spreading the big lie, turning their back on the rule of law and poisoning our democratic system. 
Funny, Liz Cheney, you weren't at any of the legislative hearings or in any of the meetings between the 17 states that filed suit in the Supreme Court. You never contacted the Trump legal team to learn the facts or do your due diligence. Why not? But here you are pretending that you're on the side of the rule of law when your party refused to uphold our supreme law of the land, the United States Constitution. Let's be clear, America would not be in this position today with the Biden administration doing everything it can to destroy liberty and freedom if the Republican-led legislatures in six states had fulfilled their constitutional responsibility. The election officials and the Democrats poisoned the system, and Republicans were spineless to hold them accountable. Liz Cheney knows this, and America knows this. Liz just wants to commandeer terms like free and fair and ignore facts and evidence and the truth. I reached out to Cheney today with no response. I'd be happy to have Liz on this show anytime to defend her claims. I also offered to debate her publicly. I can back up my claims with facts and truth. Can you, Liz? I really doubt it. We as the American people deserve more than a brush off and a demand that we remain silent on election integrity. This is the most important issue facing America today. Without security in our elections, we have lost our republic. And the second most important issue is calling out these among our own party who didn't stand up for fact and truth. They still aren't. And if that's eating our own, then I'm ready for a 10 course meal. We have to demand transparency and accountability in our own party and across government. We have to demand answers for why Republican legislatures did not support the Constitution and allowed our presidential election to be corrupted. We have to ask why Republicans like Doug Ducey and Brian Kemp don't support election integrity. We have to ask why Republicans like Asa Hutchinson won't protect children from chemical castration and why Governor Kristi Noem won't sign legislation protecting women's sports. I asked Governor Noem to come on this program and respond to the Alliance Defending Freedom's concern that they provided model legislation to South Dakota that has been advanced in multiple other states. Noem's office made excuses and then never followed up. Why not? She says she's concerned about litigation and doesn't want to go to court, yet she announced just this past Friday that she's suing the Biden administration over a 4th of July fireworks display. Let this sink in. Christy Nome is suing over fireworks, but we were told she wouldn't sign a bill protecting women's sports because she, what, wouldn't go to court? This is the kind of hypocrisy I'm totally sick of from the Republican Party and those who claim to be conservatives. What exactly are you conserving? What are you doing with your position to affirmatively protect American values and fundamental freedoms? If we can't ask these questions and these Republicans refuse to answer them, then how exactly are they representing us? That's their job. We have to demand better. We have to vote them out of office. And we have to remain conservatives and boldly speak the truth. Don't let them commandeer the true meaning of these terms. And definitely don't let them intimidate or silence you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
And we are here on Just the Truth to continue calling out the truth and calling out Republicans who are not doing their job. So joining me on the panel tonight, I'm so excited to welcome the Daves. It's like a Dr. Seuss book, Too Many Daves. We aren't going to censor anything here. So my good friends, Dave Rubin, host of The Rubin Report, and David Harris Jr., who's host of the David Harris Jr. podcast. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank good you so much, you. Jenna. Thanks. All right, Dave Rubin, I'll start with you. So what is going on in the Republican Party? Well, you know, it's interesting for me because as you guys know, I was a Democrat most of my life. So I'm sort of new on, let's say, this side of the aisle. For the record, I don't consider myself a Republican, meaning a card-carrying member of the Republican Party. I do believe in the Constitution. I believe that America is fundamentally a good country. I believe in our founding and the principles that have set us here in individual rights and the Bill of Rights and all of those things. Um, but watching the Republicans struggle in this, you know, quasi post-Trump situation where they can't figure out, okay, do we do the rhino thing? Do we do the thing where we never win? We never really fight properly. We don't realize that, you know, we're basically fighting with the hand tied behind our back and, you know, because we're fighting the Democrats and the media. That to me is the thing that Trump did better than anyone else. That was, if anything, the real lesson and the legacy of Trump is that you must fight using all the tools that you've got. So the Republicans have to figure out, hey, who do we have that can do this? So watching them kind of waffle on this or watching nobody take the mantle, I say, I would say, is really the strange thing for me. I would say Ron DeSantis is the closest to being like, okay, this is how it's gonna be. This is how I'm gonna lead my state. I don't care about the media. I'm willing to fight 60 minutes when they do a hit piece on me and I'm willing to tell the truth and it'll be interesting to see if, if that's where the MAGA energy goes and that's what the Republicans sort of coalesce around. I don't really see any other choices at the moment besides him in terms of who could actually move the dial. Yeah, and Dave, I love your story because it sounds like you're just an American over anything else and country over party, and that's where we should all be. And even though I am a registered Republican and I've been that way since I was uh, turned 18 and could vote, um, I'm considering abandoning the Republican Party if they don't get their you-know-what together because of things like this. And uh, David, you know, we have somebody like Mitt Romney who's booed at his own uh, GOP yeah. convention in Utah. And then you have, you know, all of these people who are saying, oh, the infighting, whatever. But I think that to Dave Rubin's point, uh, this is actually a good thing for the party mm -hmm. and frankly for the country. So um, David Harris, your thoughts on this? Well, I agree with so much of what uh, Dave Rubin said. Uh, there's a, a, a massive splintering that's taking place in the Republican Party. Uh, there's individuals that I know that were apolitical. They weren't active. They weren't engaged politically uh, until they saw their country literally going the way of socialism underneath o Obama. And then they came alive underneath President Donald Trump. Uh, so many people that I know personally that weren't really actively engaged, and I hear thousands of stories from friends all around the country that weren't engaged before really got ignited underneath President Donald Trump. And we always have to be clear, it wasn't the man that we were rallying behind. It wasn't his billion dollar persona, uh, you know, the guy that we all know from uh, uh, his show, The Apprentice. That's not why we were rallying behind him. He was championing what, it, what I believe it truly means to be an American, putting America first, calling out, you know, the corporations that were doing business overseas, uh, trying to put our border as a number one priority, saying we need safety here in America, championing the lives of unborn babies. 
Uh, he did so many amazing things. He 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 didn't need the black vote to win in uh, 16, and yet uh, he still went on to do so many uh, incredible things for the black community. And he garnered a lot more support from the black community than I think Democrats ever thought possible. But now what we see taking place, I believe, is that the individuals that have been in politics, that it's been politics as usual, uh, that uh, that that appreciate their stature and their position of power. Uh, in, in the political spectrum that didn't really get on board with Trump because of his personal personal persona, because the way that he tweeted, uh, they couldn't see past that. All they saw was an outsider that came in, was a wrecking ball to the political agenda and machine that has been Washington, D.C. for decades. And I think for far too long, we've been seeing two sides of the same coin, uh, and Donald Trump was uh, completely opposite of that. Now what we're seeing is the individuals that are glad that Donald Trump is out in the Republican side that want to go back to business as usual and leave the middle class, us that really represent America and want the best for our country, uh, they're leaving us on the side. They're saying, you know what, we need to yeah. uh, uh, you know, still make a point that Donald Trump was the leader of the insurrection, which never <laughs> happened. Uh, it's totally just false. Again, manipulating and, uh, those we terms. we see a splintering taking place. Yeah, absolutely. Manipulating those terms. And, you know, they call us all racist, insurrectionists, you know, blah, 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 and it doesn't matter. But that begs the question, because I think you're absolutely right, David Harris. And uh, Dave Rubin, that begs the question then, how do leaders like Kevin McCarthy, like Mitch McConnell, if he's even interested in what uh, the voting base has, has to say about this, how do they respond to this and this type of fracturing? And how do we, as we the people get it through to them that we are America first. We're not party over country. We want to make sure that this idea that began long before 1776, but it began and was codified really, it was set down in 1776, all the way through now, President Trump's America first agenda. That's what matters and that's what we'll vote. Well, let me answer that by referencing something you said a moment ago, which was that you're considering leaving the Republican Party. So now think about that. I, I, it's very obvious to me what, what you believe in, that you believe that America is fundamentally good and all the things we've discussed here. Now, at the same time, I technically am registered as a Democrat because I live here in California, which has one party rule, and I wanted to make sure I could vote for Biden so that I could stop the more radical Bernie. Now, of course, the irony of that is Biden's, you know, uh, running the country like a completely radical leftist. So I may have made no difference whatsoever. But if you want to get to the establishment, guys, you want to get to McConnell, you want to get to McCarthy. It's like at some level, they're just creatures of that swamp. Remember, Trump was trying to drain the swamp and he was the true outsider that was coming in and really going to rattle the cage of this thing. Well, what we've seen basically in the last two months as Trump has been sidelined is that the swamp finds a way. You know, the swamp is sort of like one of the agents in the matrix that can just morph into something else. And then there it is, and now there's more of them. <laughs> and I think that's kind of what these guys are doing. That's not to say that they're all horrible people or that they're all completely misguided on policy or anything else, but I don't think they understand sort of the true nature of what politics is at this point, which is a combination of political and cultural and that perhaps we're under assault in a way that we never have been in under the many, many years that these guys have been in the biz. I think that's what Trump saw. I think that's what people like us see. And you have to fight that a little bit differently rather than just saying, oh, we're going to get this many votes in Congress so that we can slightly cut taxes on this thing. Like, that's not the winner here.
Right, and I and I think you're absolutely correct that uh, the Trump era really did transform at least how the voters engaged. How, um, as David Harris just said, you know how many people engaged in politics who weren't even interested before, and we're seeing how many people are rallying behind this idea, understand that uh, government matters, who is in government matters, and so um, so David Harris. I mean, what does this say then to uh, to where President Trump's voice is in all this? Because you know he's issued these statements. Um, you have people like Ron DeSantis that are great. You have obviously Trump's endorsements that I think do matter. Um, he's very strongly considering a run in 2024. Uh, but then there are people uh, like some of the rhinos that would like to say that his voice is meaningless. He's not the head of the party and we need to move on. Well, I think all those voices that are trying to emulate that and get people to believe that are scared. They they don't want to see you know another four years of, of President Donald Trump. They uh, they, what's coming out of them is the complacency uh, and the weak backbone of the GOP. That's the reason why so many of us supported Donald Trump to begin with. We don't need weak backboned individuals representing us. We are strong people. We have strong beliefs, and we need strong leadership. And I'm so thankful that we've got, you know, we've got the governors that are standing up and doing something. Again, Ron DeSantis is doing the most, I think, out of anybody in the GOP right now. Uh, seems like McCarthy has, has his back. I'd love to see a DeSantis-Trump 2024 uh, bid, but uh, you know we've got to get through 2022. So hopefully the American people are waking up. I, I think it's a benefit, a blessing in disguise, actually, to see how many of these Republicans in the GOP that are supposed to be representing us continue to turn their back on President Donald Trump because the base that he ignited, they're paying attention. We're awake, and uh, we know who we're not going to vote for in 2022. Yeah. Hey, can I can I give yeah, you guys an alternate an, an alternate theory there? Instead of Trump getting back in as a candidate, which you know it's possible he will for sure, but it seems to me I tweeted this out this morning that if if DeSantis says okay, I'm going to do it, well then Trump sort of staying on the outside and taking all the heat and dealing with the media madness and basically acting as sort of the the bodyguard for DeSantis mm. and then whoever DeSantis was to pick as VP, that seems to me probably the better bet, not because Trump can't do it and nothing with age or anything else, but I think he can act as that firewall outside of the, he can do the things, let's say, that are not gonna be thought of as uh, purely political, you know, the way you wanna behave politically. Some of the stuff that he had to do last time to fight the monster. If he can do that from the outside, while DeSantis could stick to policy, stick to explaining why America is a great country, stick to limited government and all the principles that we care about, that seems to me to be the winner. And then you figure out who the VP is within that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so basically act like almost like the chancellor to the presidency to say, you know, hey, well, mm -hmm. I'm going to go in and, and take this for you. And I think that's a great option as well. I mean, we'll obviously see where uh, President Trump himself feels about this. But I also think that it's important uh, to recognize, and I know there are a lot of people who do champion uh, someone like DeSantis running for president. But what I really wish is that we had 50 state governors who were DeSantis quality, because then we would actually return to federalism and the presidency wouldn't actually matter as much because you wouldn't have the Biden administration and the deep state getting away with as much as they're doing by hamstringing each of the states. I love that DeSantis rescinded all of the COVID guidelines today. Every single governor across America needs to do the same thing and needs to say, listen, I don't care about the CDC guidelines, their recommendations. We need to be open. We need to be open for business. We are no longer in a state of emergency. And so only two governors so far, DeSantis 
DeSantis and then in Tennessee, uh, Governor Bill Lee have done this so far. I'm waiting for my home state governor, um, you know, hey, Jared Polis, where are you at, man? So let's make sure that we get back to federalism. So we've got to take a break here, but we'll be right back with more on Just the Truth. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. Continuing our conversation here on Just the Truth with my friends Dave Rubin and David Harris Jr. And before the break, uh, Dave Rubin, you were talking about being in California and you're still a registered Democrat. Uh, but I want to know what you think about Caitlyn Jenner jumping in as a Republican. And obviously that flies in the face of a lot of the conservative values. Um, so what's your take on possibly having Caitlyn as the governor of your state? Yeah, so first, let's just be very clear on this thing. The reason I am registered as a Democrat here is purely to stop the craziness of the left. The, the Democrats have long lost me, and it is a it is a crazily radical party at this point. As for hey, Caitlyn I might Jenner, register look, I, a Democrat just to, just to you know, yeah. foil them since no, I'm leaving no, the Republican part, Party. Jenner. So, you know, hey, I don't, don't know. Don't go that far. <laughs> all right, see, we'll see, we'll see. The, honestly, that's the direction all of politics is gonna be, and everyone's gonna end up registering for the reverse party only to take them out because the parties have become so dysfunctional. Uh, but joking aside, uh, you guys know, I've been one of the most outspoken people as far as the disaster that Gavin Newsom has turned this state into. We still technically are locked down until the absolutely arbitrary date of June 15th, which is over a month from now, uh, because basically he knows the recall's happening and he needs some good news to happen in about six weeks. As for Caitlin specifically, look, is it a gimmick? Obviously. Is it partly a reality show? Of course. Is anyone, quite literally anyone, better than Gavin Newsom? Probably. And I will say this, even though I don't know a, a ton of her public positions yet, she tends to lean right on a lot of this stuff. And just this past weekend, we covered it on my show this morning, uh, a reporter from TMZ asked her about biological boys transitioning to female to then play in girls' sports. And he, uh, she said no and we have to protect girls and we have to protect girls in sports. That, you know, it may seem like it's a little nothing and I know we all get hung up talking about the trans issue as if it's this giant thing we all have to talk about all the time. But even to just say that while living in this crazy, you know, state of California, that's a step in the right direction. So yes, is this all a, a sideshow at some level? Probably, is it better than Newsom? Yeah. Yeah, well, you, you got it right there on the slip of, of, of calling Caitlin a he, just saying, uh, because we're all about fact and truth on this show, and it's, you know, you know my, biological my policy, man, but I don't my, mind my, calling look, don't Caitlin, the, yeah. but I'm not going to go that far and enter into a lie, so, but your policy, well, you're that's saying. Fine. Well, my, no, my policy on that is that I'm not denying biology. Caitlin is biologically a male. I'm not denying biology for sure, but if someone treats me with respect and if it has an they choose to live as a female. I, I personally don't have problems using the pronouns, but I get the argument on both sides, I do. 
Sure. Well, we have. Uh, well, we can debate that definitely more. Um, you know, because I, I think that pronouns are definitely part of biology, and again, the meaning of terms matters. And so, I'm not going to let anyone uh, force me or coerce me to participate in their lie. I'm happy to call uh, formerly Bruce Jenner, Caitlin. Uh, the name itself is not a lie, but when you go as far as pronouns, that's where I draw the line. And uh, David Harris, I'll get your comment on that. I want to know your opinion on that before uh, we move on. Well, I'm a California kid. I was born and raised in Northern California, spent some time down in Southern California, love this state, absolutely uh, hate where it's gone underneath Gavin Newsom and even even his predecessor uh, before him. The the fact that he is in this, the issue he is right now, uh, I'm, I'm elated for because he, I remember posting a video, one of the first things he did when he took office was create a fine for anybody that did not have health insurance and then give free health insurance to illegals. Uh, fast forward to it being a sanctuary state, it's being overran. There's so much mismanagement that's going on. Uh, I, I like, like Dave Rubin said, I agree. Almost anybody's better than than uh, than uh, Newsom. I think that uh, Jenner. I'll just say Jenner. I think that he messed up. Had he still been Bruce, he might actually had a shot to be governor. Uh, you know, he's 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 made some amazing accomplishments uh, throughout his life. He definitely had a change and switch that we all now have to talk about pronouns and and this and that. I, I agree with you. I don't like the left and progressives hijacking nouns, pronouns, words, uh, movements. It, it's it's something that I just don't want to counto to. Uh, but uh, you know, he's got one up on Christy Nome. <laughs> I mean, right. at least he boldly came out and said, "Hey, you know, yeah, biological men should not be competing in women's sports." So, you know, it's interesting. And we are talking about California, a state that's been blue for decades, a state that's continued to uh, vote in progressive Democrats uh, over and over again. And, uh, you know, who knows what they might do, whether the GOP should endorse her. I don't think they should. But again, we're talking about California. Yeah. And in case you Let, missed let's it, not this forget was... the last oh, the last Republican of this. Well, the last Republican of the state was a celebrity. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger. That wasn't that long ago. So, you know, there is some yeah. history of the place doing some bizarre things. There was also that Ronald Reagan guy. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. there was that. And, and in case in case anyone missed, uh, this is Caitlyn Jenner talking about women's sports. Hi, Caitlyn. So there's legislation in various states to ban biological boys or trans from playing girls sports in school. What's your opinion on that? Uh, in back. This is a question of fairness. That's why I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girls' sports in school. It just isn't fair. And we have to protect girl sports in our but, but But if someone transitions and now identifies as a girl, isn't it delegitimizing their identity to prevent them? Have a them? good day. Well, you know, this is interesting coming from, of course, formerly Bruce Jenner, who was himself an athlete and so has, I think, even more credibility than a lot of the people on the left on this issue to talk about men competing in sports because I mean, he was an Olympian. And so, uh, but, but, you know, this is just gets into this complicated question then of saying if somebody like a Caitlyn Jenner is standing up for this, uh, like what David Harris just said, um, Dave Rubin, why isn't Christy Nome willing to sign this legislation? And as I said in my opening, I mean, she's suing over fireworks now, but she doesn't want to go to court to protect women's sports. Yeah, you know, she's making some argument that there's there's bigger battles to fight and there's further legal things down the road that she will defend.
You know, look, as, as far as the Caitlin, the Caitlin portion of this, not only was the answer there correct, so, so remove Caitlyn Jenner, remove the person who said it. The answer there was the answer that I think the three of us all agree is the right answer. And for the people that are upset by this, it's like, okay, well then how about we just remove gender from high school and college and professional sports altogether? Would that be better? If, if we should never see gender, never see biology or any of these things, we could do that, except of course, as you know, that means there will be zero women playing professional basketball. There'll be zero women basically playing college basketball. And there might be a couple playing high school basketball, maybe, maybe, but probably not too. So th this is the inherent problem with all of this stuff. They're, they're putting something that we all know, we all know it, right? We all know there are biological differences between men and women. That doesn't mean men are better. Guess what? Women can carry babies. That's pretty cool. There are differences between men and women. We should be celebrating those differences, ex understanding that they exist and not trying to erase them because ultimately you erase them and congratulations, you'll, no one will be able to do anything or at least no woman will be able to play sports again. Yeah, and I Which think I guess it's, maybe it's, that's what they want. Well, but but it's the same thing, David Harris, as you know any other immutable characteristic. Where you know if we want to say, well, we just don't want to see age, and we want to say that toddlers need to be able to also compete in high school football because that's ageist. Suddenly now, I mean, we would laugh at that to say, well, obviously then the high school guys are always going to win. And so to me, it's absolutely no different to separate this based on gender because that is a category and it's immutable, women cannot change their biology any more than a toddler can just say, hey, well, I'm 18 now, I'm a high school student, and I should be able to then uh, compete in football in the same level. Or a high school man saying, hey, I'm going to go down and, and play on, on the toddler's field. Yeah, I mean, if, whether it's ageist or, you know, I agree with you 100%. Where does it, where does it end? It's like if we, if we give into this, they can. There's no end to where it could go. It's like right now, if you ask pretty much anybody that supports the LGBTQ, name all the rest of the letters in the alphabet, how many genders there are, it's like infinite. There's no sense to it. It's anti-common sense and it's anti-science. I personally believe, Jenna, that we are in a, in a state like, like no other in this country where we have an identity crisis. So many people have an identity crisis. I think that it's an onslaught and it's an attack on who God created each of us to be. You know, we're each created individually unique. We all have our different fingerprints. There's no other person ever to exist or ever have uh, existed that's exactly like us. And instead of us being able to appreciate that and honor and respect that for how God created us, people are, are constantly trying to look at what's going to make them fit in and what's going to make them feel better mm -hmm. about who they are themselves. Uh, I really believe that we've just got a, an identity crisis, and I think that uh, only a, a true awakening of the heart and mind and spirit is what's going to uh, set this country back on the right track. Uh, when it comes back to, you know, the, the, the pronouns and the you know, the, the females competing in, in, in men competing in women's sports. I've got two daughters and there's no way that I would ever, like Dave Rubin said, from elementary school to junior high to high school, there's no way that I would want guys in the females locker room, in their bathrooms, because that's exactly where, where it could go is there's no into it. There's no gender. Everything's open. And that's just insanity. Absolutely. And of course, Webb, Webb, you're making the original feminist argument, which is, okay, let women have separate sports, right? Let women have their own tennis leagues. Let women have high school sports. That Let's fund those things so girls yeah. can have equal access to play the same sports and the same games that guys play. It's these third wave feminists now and these radical woke feminists 
that are actually, yep. in essence, coming out against women. They're, and by the way, they're anti-gay too, because you know the trans movement has become so over the top that when they see a little, say, five-year-old effeminate boy who may just grow up to be a, a gay man, they're actually pushing those kids to get to transition as well. And it goes with girls too. Yeah. You have a five-year-old girl who's a tom girl, let's say, likes to play sports mm -hmm. instead of Barbie, and they're trying to transition them. So they're they're anti-woman and they're anti-gay. I mean, you, you can't make this stuff up. Right, and a lot of no, the feminists are actually coming out and saying, you know, wait a second, this is actually reversing everything that the feminist movement has fought for. I mean, I've found some really interesting allies on this, uh, like, you know, Wolf, uh, the, you know, the women's... Yeah, um, I, yeah, yeah, and so, you know, a lot of these people who see that there are inherent differences, and we're talking about sports and something that's inherently physical, not something like, you know, hey, I'm all for all of us. When I went to law school, I had to go through all of the criteria to get in, and I'm happy to compete with men on that level because in terms of um, all of that, there's nothing physical involved with that. So we're going to be right back to talk more here on Just the Truth. Welcome back to Just the Truth, and we're talking with Dave Rubin, the host of The Rubin Report, and David Harris Jr., the host of the David Harris Jr. podcast. And Dave Rubin, um, I want to switch topics here and definitely get uh, your take on the whole conservative censorship that's going on, just censorship in general. Um, you wrote a really great book called Don't Burn This Book. I uh, love this book. I have it. I want you to sign it next time I'm out in California. Um, will but do, will you, do. thank you, thank you. See, I have you on air saying that, yay, on the record. Um, but you you also started, um, you have a, another company that's all about uh, this whole issue and making sure that the free market of uh, free marketplace of ideas persists. Yeah, well, look, we're used to giant tech companies telling us what we can say, how we can say it, and who we can say it to. And, you know, all of this stuff is really still in its nascence. You know, 20 years ago, we all got on Facebook, and you thought that facebook.com slash Jenna Ellis, you thought that was you, right? That's your stuff. You can post your video there or your pictures or whatever it might be, and that it's yours, you own it. And then it was over the course of two decades, basically, that we found out that we are the product and they're targeting us through advertising and all that stuff. I don't even believe that all of this is nefarious activity. I think these are businesses. There is definitely some nefarious activity, but these are businesses that are trying to run a profit. And I think that that's perfectly fine and actually commendable in a capitalist society. But what happened was when we realized whoa, we're the product and we don't own any of this stuff. I thought, all right, well, why don't we just start rebuilding sort of a bottom-up internet? So I started Locals.com about two and a half years ago. I'm, I'm very happy to tell you that we just got some major financial backing from some true innovators, not just people with deep pockets, but people who can really help us on the philosophical and technical answers on how do Great. you do this without getting blown up like Parler got blown up. And basically, we build digital homes for creators. So if you're online and you want a place for your video, your audio, your audience, your user data, push notifications, live chat, live video streamings, that's what we build for you. And congratulations, you know what? It's yours, it's not ours. It's just like someone built me the home that I'm in right now, but what, what I do in my home is up to me, not up to them. We build it for you and then we get out of the way for you to have a thriving business and a, 
and an online life that is not just going to be taken away because you know some guy at Facebook or Twitter decides to press the X on your account. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you are not holding yourself out to be the arbiter of truthiness, and I commend you for that. <laughs> right? Yeah, you can't. You can't because the truth. What we do is look. You can't break the laws of the United States, but if you do that, you have a bigger problem than Dave Rubin. Uh, we don't allow for for porn, and that pretty much is it. What happens in your community is up to you. The same way, Jenna, you invite people into your home but not to say whatever they want about you. If they want to do that, they can do it outside of your house. So I think it's just a much more mature way of looking at all of this stuff. Yeah, and uh, you know, David Harris, the maturity seems to be fading from our society and uh, common sense and reason and the understanding that actually more speech is a good thing and the reason that we have uh, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of association to speak together about truth and to have good ideas win out. Uh, all of that is diminishing in a society that wants to say you can only speak and say the things that those in power agree with and by force. And, you know, when I called out Liz Cheney today, for example, uh, there were so many people, unsurprisingly, that called for my account to be removed off of social media, that called for my disbarment as a lawyer, that called for all, you know, Jenna needs to put it, be put in jail, all of these kinds of things, just because they didn't like what I had to say. I mean, this is ridiculous, right? It's absolutely insane. Yeah, that's just what we've come to continue to see from uh, the progressive left. And, and it's we it's it's weeding into it's it's seeding into the uh, a majority of the population that are going along with this, this cancel culture, this, you know, you've got to be held accountable because we don't like what you say. You know, I mean, it's it's if I could speak blunt for a second, and I try to always do that when people in my community, the black community, had to deal with racist issues, bar the bar the hangings in the trees and the beatings and lashings. Now it's all digital, and it doesn't matter what color you are, and it's still something that came from the Democrat Party. It came from the left, but uh, it's it's scary to see what's taking place. It's sad to see so many Americans that go along with this and think that you should be snuffed out just because you're speaking your mind when you're not breaking the law. And big tech, unfortunately, is is 100% complicit in this. I've dealt with so much censorship on my Facebook channel, a couple million followers over there, and 10%, if that, of the people that follow me see anything when I post it. They take followers from me. I dealt with that on Instagram, Twitter. I mean, it's just, you name it. I'm thankful for Dave to you know launch something like Locals. I've checked it out. It's a, it's a great looking platform, but we need more of that. We need options. And, we, and more than that, we need Americans to wake up and say, you know what, this cancel culture is not okay. I'm not gonna jump on that bandwagon and actually call people out that do jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, and you know, Dave Rubin, um, this speaks to a deeper political polarization in society when this isn't just about finding the practical solutions. And I totally agree. Things like locals.com, uh, things like more speech uh, options and platforms. I mean, this is the free marketplace of ideas. We need to go in that direction and provide practical solutions. But I think also the education of Americans mm -hmm. of saying, okay, why is free speech so important anyway? That underlying worldview is important as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think in any sort of idea war, which is basically what we're in right now, you have to fight it in many ways. So I've often said to people, look, I see certain conservatives who don't like to use regulation suddenly calling for regulation. Now, we that's a sort of separate debate, but that's one way you can deal with it, right? You can call for regulation of these companies. You can call to break up these companies. You can try techn uh, technological solutions. That's what I've done. But I think what underlies all of that is you have to teach young people, basic civics. They need to understand why the First Amendment 
is the First Amendment and that in this digital world that we live in, that if Twitter and Facebook and these companies are the town square, the new place of communication, then these companies have some special responsibilities. And then of course, there's the whole discussion around section 230 of the Communications Act, which is, it, you know, in essence, are they publishers or platforms? Are they places for just everyone to say whatever they want? Or are they more in line as a, a publisher, meaning a network where they can decide who says what? Now we know they behave as the latter, but they pretend that they're the former and that's where you can get the legal system involved also. So you have to fight things at many, many levels, but you need an educated populace. Otherwise, all of this stuff is, is just, you know, throwing something in the wind. Yeah, and I think, you know, getting back to our previous conversation, these are the things that actually matter, yet we're talking about pronouns, we're talking about, you know, all this other kind of distraction on things that the left wants to push onto culture, and they're, they're important issues, I'm totally not diminishing that, but in terms of being able to even have those conversations, we have to fundamentally also make sure that we're protecting speech and we're protecting the idea around it, because America is built on the understanding that we come together as uh, as Americans because of an idea, a recognition of fundamental truth that our rights are God-given, they're pre-political, and the purpose of government is to preserve and protect those rights so that we can have more freedom, more liberty, and more prosperity. And so, David Harris, as you look at, um, you know, you have uh, two daughters, you have, um, you know, people who are, who are involved in the education system, I mean, and very, very quickly in the last, uh, about 20 seconds we have here, what do you see as the most critical issue facing educating the next generation? Well, I think that parents that are aware of what's going on need to pull their kids out of public schools. I mean, find a charter school. Uh, public schools are indoctrination training camps for our children, and that's why we have so many young people that are going the way of believing socialism is a good idea right now. You know, it's a hard decision for parents to have to make, but if we don't start to train our kids either ourselves or get them in a school that we trust and appreciate what they're trying to do, then uh, the government will do it, and they're doing a heck of a job of it right now. Yeah, and I'm really grateful for uh, the Republicans that are standing up and shining the light of truth on things like critical race theory and saying, no, that's basically codified racism. We need to make sure that we are teaching the truth and parents need to get involved. We also need to protect parental rights moving forward. So we'll be right back to talk more about just the truth. Welcome back to Just the Truth. It goes by so fast, uh, but we are doing the deep dive conversation with Dave Rubin and David Harris Jr. And gentlemen, speaking of the censorship topic, uh, there have been so many posts by uh, conservatives or people who just have apparently the wrong opinion on the vaccine, on vaccine passports and things that have been censored. Um, I even had a post just asking the question, hey, what's the difference uh, with the vaccine versus people who have recovered from COVID and still have the antibodies? And that actually had a flag on it um, as you know, false and misleading. And I'm like, it was a question, what? So uh, Dave Rubin, what's, what's kind of your thought on that whole conversation as it relates to censorship? Yeah, well, we have a huge problem here because you're right, asking the question is now the problem. There's no reason you can't ask that question. What kind of antibodies do you have after you uh, get COVID and recover from COVID versus the vaccine? There is no reason we can't ask that. And let's not forget, 
Joe Rogan, the most popular podcaster in the world, all he basically said a few days ago was that if you're 21 and otherwise healthy and you eat right and you take care of yourself, that you probably don't have to take the vaccine. Now, this is a, a virus that we know has something like a 99.7% recovery rate, especially if you don't have other comorbidities and you don't have diabetes and you're not 80 years old or, or morbidly obese. These are things that we know and we should be allowed to say those things. Unfortunately, where this connects from you know, the CDC and, and the, the tight relationship it now has with the United States government and with China, and then to YouTube and Twitter and places like that is, if you just say that, what I just said there, which is just sort of, hey, let's figure out what the answers are to these things. They're gonna potentially delete your channel or they're gonna put warnings on what you post. And then, by the way, what that does is it doesn't convince anyone that they're right about any of this stuff. It makes people think, boy, there's something really nefarious going on here. And then they'll start looking in other corners of the Internet to, to find out what the answers are. Yeah, whether they're true or not. It's it's the Barbara Streisand effect of, you know, kind of saying, hey, don't yeah. look here. And so then everybody does. And by the way, just so that you know, uh, Dave Rubin, we're going to have to flag and put up a warning label on everything that you just said, because that's now hate speech. And, you know, that's I'm false. I'm pretty sure and, I have one pre, and, I got a pre made one over here somewhere. I'll get my guy get it. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, this is just so ridiculous that we can't even engage in this dialogue. And the, I think that there are people who have very valid reasons why they've looked at the information they choose for themselves uh, to take the vaccine or they look into it and they say, you know what, I don't fall into XYZ categories that are high risk and so I'm choosing not to. But we've over politicized everything to where you're right. We can't even ask the questions, much less make our own decisions. And I thought the left was kind of for that, David Harris. I mean, isn't the whole my body, my choice thing kind of their mantra? Yeah, it is. And it shouldn't have been because a baby has its own DNA, its own fingerprints. It's its own body. It's not the woman's body. So in that regard, it's absolutely uh, asinine that they champion that. But in this instance, it is my body. And I 100% am not going to get the vaccine. I'm for anybody making your own decisions. Do what you want to do. But don't make your decision and then come after me for my decision. And yet that's what we see. I've seen it. I've been playing it on my show. We've seen from MSNBC to CNN, uh, all these doctors or just, you know, uh, pundits that are talking about how they're treating. And it's funny. They want to call the, the, those of us that say, you know, I'm not going to get the vaccine. They call us all Trumpers. And then they want to they want to blanket basically a statement over us that says we're a detriment. We're potentially endangering and endangering other people. Uh, they're demonizing. Why is there such an attack to demonize those individuals like you, like myself, that come out against uh, either saying no to the vaccine or asking questions about it? There's so many layers to this that it definitely makes you wonder what the heck is really going on behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of censorship as well, uh, real quickly in the couple minutes we have left, I'll get both of your take on this real quick. Uh, the censorship of uh, of police members who have spoken out against LeBron James. They don't follow the party line. Uh, they don't follow what big tech would like them to say. So they're censored or they're not for defund the, the police. I mean, this is the kind of thing that uh, David Harris, your, your thought real quick is just absolutely ridiculous. It's insane. It's heartbreaking. I posted some videos on my Instagram and Twitter uh, of police officers that have uh, are breaking down almost in tears uh, over the current state of what they see coming at them from the mainstream media and from people where cops are being targeted, they're being harassed. These men and women are getting up every single day that have families and have to listen to pundits or political uh, uh, politicians that basically are calling for their jobs, saying that they're meaningless. 
You know, you had that one woman that was that was ranting and raving on YouTube, this black gal that was talking about how the cops and their whole families don't deserve to die. And then she literally goes out and runs over an officer and kills him. Uh, it's insane that this is taking place. My heart goes out to our police and they should be able to make a spoof video and call yeah. out LeBron James. He absolutely needs yeah. to stay in his lane. He absolutely needs to just shut up and dribble. He knows <laughs> and basketball. And you should be he able to say that. You should be criminal. able to say that without being censored. And uh, David Rubin, real quick, your last word on this. Well, LeBron doesn't need to shut up and dribble. He needs to just, uh, he needs to shut up and actually stand up instead of flopping every two seconds. But that, that's a different thing altogether. Uh, but, you know, the officer that you both are referring to, and I wish I could remember the, his name off the top of my head, but the officer who did the parody of LeBron James, you know, on this fake phone call, he got temporarily suspended. I, I actually donated some money to his GoFundMe and I promoted it on Twitter because these guys need our backing. We know that that officer in the case of the knife wielding girl did nothing wrong. Everyone knows it, we all saw it. And by the way, the really sick twisted part of that one is that had the police done nothing, well, what would have happened? We would have had basically a decapitated or an otherwise maimed girl killed and none of us would have talked about it because it wouldn't have even hit the media. But right. because an officer yep. saved a life, suddenly we're demonizing that officer. And of this course. is where we've, we've got to do a better job of controlling the narrative because we're always responding to their craziness and we, yes. we need to start driving the train a little bit. Well, you both drive yeah. the train on your shows every day and I commend you both for standing up boldly. Everyone should follow Dave Rubin, David Harris Jr. right now across social media. Uh, listen to their shows every day and also continue to be a voice for truth. That's it for this episode of Just the Truth. I'm Jenna Ellis, and we are sponsored by the Thomas More Society, which is a not-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. You can find out more about the Thomas More Society and the incredible work that we do there at thomasmoresociety.org. And I will be back tomorrow and every Monday through Friday here on Just the Truth.